Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to what is for now the penultimate episode of the Caged In podcast. A podcast in which week by week I go film by film through the career of Nicolas Cage to find out his Ian ass-kicking work of majesty in cinema or is he a limp-wristed waste of time? To help me answer that question this week as well as answer... Are they a Nick Cage fan? Which was their first? And what is their favourite Nick Cage movie? Is Ben Davis of the Film Floggers podcast. I asked Ben some extra questions over on Patreon. Which are which director would he like to see Nick Cage work with? Which Ben has some fantastic answers. He, he gives two. He gives a joke answer, which, to be honest, I would love see Nick Cage work with this director just because it would be a very very interesting sight to behold I'll tell you that for sure as well as which is Cage's best performance not necessarily his favorite film but the best performance Nick Cage has ever put onto celluloid as well as in the spirit of the film floggers which is Nick Cage's worst film of all time you can obviously find the patreon over at patreon.com forward slash caged in pod to hear all of ben's fantastic answers so the regular spoiler warnings do apply to this episode so if you haven't seen it always check the show notes to find out if and where this film is streaming so, if you're back with us, if you don't care about spoilers, because, yeah, we go well into every punch-by-punch, blow-by-blow to Dimitri Logothetis's martial arts, sci-fi, drama, jiu-jitsu. A quick heads-up, if you are listening on day of release, you have until this Friday, that is Friday the 12th of February, 2021 to order your very own caged in not the bees t-shirt which takes inspiration from both the original and the neil leboot 2006 wicker man remake in this fantastic design designed by a amazing illustrator called tim sinclair so do be sure to pre-order one 
now. And a massive thank you to everyone who has already pre-ordered one. It means so much uh, to me that I could I could get a fucking t-shirt. That's pretty, pretty cool. So if you want to grab one of those whilst you still can, you can head on over to cagedinpodcast.limitedrun.com. With all of that out of the way, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to get Raging with Cage. A man wakes up groggy, no recollection of his past. He's a deadly killing machine tasked with battling a man in a rubber suit. I mean an alien. Then in steps Nicolas Cage in full Yoda mode to remind him of the way of the force. To fight this film, I needed some backup, and I found that in a man, to some, known as Bunny. He's one half of the dynamic duo of podcasting, tasked with scraping out the barrel and deciding whether a film deserves a flogging. I have the pleasure of being joined by one of the film floggers, Ben Davis. How are you, Ben? I'm very well. Kudos for getting the uh, the name right, Film Floggers. Yeah. It's a tricky name to uh, remember. So you're already uh, <laughs> off my estimation, so well done. <laughs> but no, no, thanks, Bradshaw. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to come on. I know we've been talking about it for a while. Um, yeah, it's just uh, unfortunately that the film is um, oh, not... not uh, we'll get into it, but uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's great to come on. And either way, I'm looking forward to uh, delving into this, uh, whatever this bloody thing is. Well, yeah, obviously the film we are talking about today, if you didn't see it in the title before you clicked on it, is the 2020 uh, Dimitri Logafitis film, Jiu-Jitsu. Do you know much about um, Dimitri Logafitis and and his work before we get into the questions today? Uh, He's got a pretty funky name. I'm quite enjoying the. Uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you went with his name because I wasn't gonna. Because uh, if you listen to any any film vloggers, if you have, uh, if you want to, um, yeah, me, me and Tom, uh, our, our names, getting people's names right or pronouncing them is is not one of our strong points. I'm glad you glad you did that. Um, no, uh, to be honest, apart from I know he did. He's done the kickboxer. Mm-hmm. He brought that back, didn't he? Yeah. I've, I've never seen. I haven't seen any of them. I've, I've seen the original one with John Claude Van Damme, um, but I've not seen the the new ones that he did. I heard that Ronaldinho was in one of them. So that, that sounds, uh, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't feel like I'm going to rush to see, but I've, I've heard, you know, I've heard they've, they went down reasonably well in the sort of, you know, the action community. And I think it's, you know, I think they're quite well, they, they were well received for that, you know, they're fighting and everything else, but no, I've not seen them myself personally. Yeah. In regards to names, I feel like I, sh- I, I should have, uh, well, I, I have a, a duty to get it right because uh, Dimitri Logofitis is uh, Greek. Um, yes. Like, uh, yeah. So, so as am I. Uh, but like, yeah. So he's done two kickboxer films: uh, Vengeance and Retaliation, both starring the the star of this film, Alan Masari. Um, but before, yeah, before we get too deep down the jujitsu rabbit hole. Uh, as I always ask my guests on this podcast, are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Well, I think yes. In short, I, I am a Nicolas Cage fan. Um, no, I, I think Nicolas Cage. Take, you take away all the, all the the stigma around him, especially in say the last I don't know, you know, ten fifteen years. The more the VOD stuffs come along and all the memes, and everything else. Take that away. I think if you actually 
properly. If you if you go back, even some of the films that he's done recently have been have been good. What well, mm. you know, ones that I've I've not seen all of them, but um, he he is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, he, there's no question that he is top notch. Like he, he he can. He's I, what I've actually found is what I've enjoyed sort of getting gear like gearing up for doing this episode with you is that I've I've gone back and looked at some of his older stuff and some of his more probably you'd you'd say subtle performances. Mm-hmm. Sort of the this more com- like the more comedic routes that he's taken in films. I watched the other day for the first time Moonstruck, and it was just like, yeah, just like just incredibly charmed by Nick Cage. It was the film's really charming, and it's like you know yeah. take Nick Cage out of it, it's it's still a nice, fuzzy, charming film. But Nick Cage is just adorable in it. I was just like, yeah, this is this is the Cage that I think I actually enjoy the most. I, I you know there's a time and a place for the shouty Cage. Um, which, which again, as you know, as like the like the man next to me, I, I'm I'm liking that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the subtle performances is um that's kind of where I'm at with Cage. But uh, no, uh, yeah, huge fan. Even a film like Moonstruck, he gets that opportunity to deliver some like bombastic cageisms, like where that kind of speech he delivers, where he's like. He took my life. Like he's, I got nothing. He's like, go get the big knife. Like he's, he's going out there and giving some real oomph to it. And it like, but it, it warrants the character because he's this kind of browbeaten guy who feels like he's got nothing. And I don't. He's supposed to be like a fiery Italian, and like he kind of nails that perfectly. And that film is just like, yeah, brimming with charm and kind of sexual tension from the off, isn't it? It's kind of like a weirdly like charming but it's got this undercurrent of bubbling rage and sexual like yeah it's like are they at any moment gonna fight or fuck yeah pretty much (laughs) i I guess i don't know if um i'm assuming that cage at some point in his career has been has been sort of lauded as a like a sex symbol Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah. because he's um you know he's not the typical like he's not a typical say i know like brad pitt or dicaprio type just just you know a pretty boy good looking striking but especially in his early um earlier days, like he was um he was you know he's he was unique looking you know you, if you you walked into the if you walked into the room you'd be even before he opened his mouth you'd be like oh, I can imagine this guy's got something about him. Well, he's always been a bit of like a, a wild man as well, and like I recently listened I watched an interview with Patricia Arquette, and she said like how they got together was like he he kind of like very early on in their relationship I think it was him and Crispin Glover like met her out one night and she he said like uh, they were kind of arguing together going like oh i'm gonna marry her and like cage was like no i'm gonna marry her and then um he said like what is it gonna take for me to marry you this is like very early on and she said to him like oh uh here's a list of demands like i want like uh jd salinger's like autograph i want like uh, a black rose like all these kind of like ludicrous things that could never be attained and he just went out and got them like an absolute like madman. And then like, yeah, years, I think this was like years later, they eventually did end up getting married in like 2005. Uh, no, no, 1990. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'd say, okay, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, he's not been shy of someone who, uh, who goes out and just buys extravagant items. Yeah. Probably why uh, he's, he's having some, uh, he's been really selling the VOD stuff the last few <laughs> years, unfortunately. But um but no, I, I can't. I can. I can imagine. Um, you know, I know he's he's been married and divorced a few times now, Cage. But I can imagine. Um, however long or short it lasts, it's it's a fun ride for the majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 either like a 
a kind of roller coaster or it's a detonator at Fort Park. If uh, listeners don't know what that is, it's you just kind of go up slowly up a, I don't, yeah, like a, like sat facing outwards and then plummet down after. They normally do a, a little fake out, don't they? They'll be like, it's going to be on the count of five and then it's on the, they, they drop you on the two. Like, yeah, yeah. Crafty bastards. It's the same people who dropped fucking Alan Rickman on, on a diehard. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, is it the oblivion as well? Where yeah. it kind of goes over and sort of lingers on the edge. It sort of starts wobbling a little bit. So you're like, oh, any time now. And it may just, you know, for another few seconds. Oh, oh, we've gone. Yeah. So, yeah, because I think famously Cage has got like a marriage that lasted like a month. Or something like that. So I imagine that month was like, it's not I mean. He's a guy with intense passion. That month was probably like full on, and then it was kind of gone. Um, but we could get we could get lost in the kind of uh, the bog of Nicolas Cage's romantic life. But do you remember the first Nick Cage film you ever saw? Now, see, I think the first the first film I actually saw with Cage in, which I probably didn't even really. You know, I didn't know anything about Nick Cage at this point. Um, was Rumblefish? I've, I remember watching that a lot, like years when I was a, a kid. And I, I think um, I think Rumblefish was more. There was quite a few breakout roles in Rumblefish, wasn't there? But I think mm-hmm. it, that was more. I can't really remember Cage's role. I don't think it's that big. I think no. it's more sort of Matt Dillon and Mickey Rourke. They're the kind of big hitters, and Cage is is sort of there as a sort of a supporting character. But. So that was probably the first film that I watched with Cage in, not really knowing anything about Cage. But then I guess for the first film that I saw that I knew, was like, hang on, who's this? Like, this is Cage. Would be, I thought I thought it was City of Angels because there was these films on Sky. You know, it was, I used to, when, when back in the day, well, Sky's obviously still going, but <laughs> I used to, they used to, you know, have like the film out at the cinema, then a year later they used to appear on Sky. It's, it gets a similar thing now. But City of Angels, I remember watching quite a lot when I was a kid. My mum was like a big fan of City of Angels. But going by the date of when the films came out, it would have been the first one I would have seen and noticed Cage, um, Nick Cage would have been The Rock. Oh, Based on that was what, 96, wasn't it, The Rock? Mm-hmm. So I imagine that must have come on Sky before City of Angels because City of Angels was what, a couple of years later, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like 98. 98, yeah. Yeah. So it must have been, it must have been The Rock. A solid, a solid entry point and a kind of like, what, his kind of real first tiptoe into becoming that, that alternative action star that he kind of like really put to task over that, what I called the testosterone trilogy of the rock con air and then kind of culminating in face off with him and Travolta. Yeah, no, the rock is, yeah, he's a bit more, um, he's as you said, he's a bit more sort of subdued in, mm-hmm. in the rock, isn't he? He's uh, I, I can't, I know he plays like an FBI, like he's, is he more into like sort of computers or he's a scientist? Yes. Yeah, scientist. Good, that's right. Yeah. Good speed. And it, yeah, yes. that's what I mean. It's, it's around that time of like the eighties was littered with like muscle men action heroes, and the nineties you kind of got the the birth of the everyman uh, action hero. That probably was kind of the proto to that was John McClane, I guess, in uh, Die Hard. But then the two standouts I always, I always mention it is him and uh, yeah Keanu Reeves and Nicolas Cage kind of had great careers in the nineties of being these like not archetypal action stars. Do you know what I mean? They weren't they weren't a Jean-Claude Van Damme who could do splits and like kick you in the head. They were kind of like they could be, I don't know, the bloke next door 
types. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. They were sort of out of place. Mm-hmm. When you saw them. You know, they were kind of. They, they, you know, they man as they as the film goes along with the rocks. So, you know, Cage kind of gets a bit more confident, and he's he's completely out of his comfort zone. And you know, there's people shooting at him, and there's guns and everything. There's explosions. As 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 it kind of goes along, he gets a bit more. You know, I, I guess that's why it, it sort of balances quite nicely with the whole Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery is like this this grizzled, you know, veteran, his expert. He's been in prison all this time, and Cage is just kind of like, you know, he's there for the support, and he's like, yeah, if we can get me get me to the uh, the nuke the nukes, I'll be able to maybe disarm them and stuff, but. Sure, like Sean Connery's like, well, yeah, but you know, you may, you may have to shoot some people in the face, Cage. Like, oh, God, that's not, it's not really part of the, it's not really what I do here, Sean. But I'll try my best. And then he kind of, by the end of the film, he's kind of like, he's, he's not like, um, you know, he's not like, yeah, he's like, he's ready to go and he's ready to kill like hundreds of people. But he's, he's kind of gained that confidence and he's sort of transitioned over to sort of just, just more than this guy who's like a bit scared and a bit like, well, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm going to hide behind you, Sean. But um, no, he's good. He's, he's uh, that probably goes with. with as I was saying about the whole more, even though that performance in The Rock isn't that subtle, we it's can, the more kind of like lovable cage. It's the more yeah. kind of like geeky, kind of like a bit awkward, you know, doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to get you out of a jam. You know, it's like if if, if you plopped us in, 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 you know, on Alcatraz and we got told that we were getting shot and we had to disarm some nukes, we'd be like, oh, fuck that. I'm just going to hide behind this rock. Well, I guess it's the most restrained and kind of like, every like charming cage you can get in a michael bay film as well do you know what i mean yes it's like here's somebody who is all about like explosions like close-ups of women's asses and like do you know what i mean like muscle men fighting and it's like yeah cage i don't know cage's character in that is i i i guess it's it's kind of was repeated somewhat with sam witwicky in like the transformers films do you know what i mean like that that out of their depths character who's kind of thrust into this situation and then and then you've got the the grizzled veteran telling telling cage like as as we'll get to when we speak about jujitsu it's always good to have a grizzled older character to basically tell you and the audience what, like what's going on and what's going to happen in the film basically yeah no I'd, I'd go along with that i think um i think that just works isn't it? that just that just leaves because then you don't you don't need cage taking point in center you don't need him maybe going off on one of his you know tandems and when he's like shouting so you can just he can just sort of just blend in mm-hmm. you know he's there you're rooting for him and you can leave someone else to do all, all the you know the, the graft and then cage can sort of just swoop in at the end and sort of save the day and oh cage you're a hero like, you've <laughs> you've come a long way well done there's always something really funny about the rock is that like I believe there was like a governmental report. It was uh, reported on in the Guardian that like when it became when it came to like the the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, like it was actually I think it's like the Chilcot report or something like that. Like somebody had basically written like the weapon from the rock into that report. Like must have, some wires were massively yeah. crossed somewhere. And that managed to actually like make its way into like a government document. And it it kind of plays to the thing that obviously like they were just looking for any reason to get into Iraq and like somebody went oh, like skimming through the TV and was I don't ITV free the rocks on he's like you know what yep these these green balls that look like dishwasher tablets saddam hussein's got loads of those yeah that sounds about right yeah <laughs> it's just sort of catches Amazing. the rock late night on itv2 and just oh hang on a minute we could use this 
Um, amazing. So, what is your favourite Nick Cage film? Oh, um, favourite Nick Cage film. Do you mean? I think if we base it on, say, the last sort of 10, 15 years, in terms of as I go along with what I've said about how I like prefer maybe more of like a subtle, comedic, a bit awkwardness kind of performance, I really like, I really enjoy and sort of very, which is very watchable, National Treasure. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, there's, you know, you could, there's like the big hitters, you know, Leaving Las Vegas and Adaptation. They're, you know, they're up there, of course. Like, you know, they're like phenomenal films, like great performances. But I just, uh, I've just got a soft spot for National Treasure. I just, I just like Cage in that. I like, you know, the film is like, yeah, so, so it's like popcorn, you know, chasing after the Declaration of Independence. It's like, it's, it's obviously very silly, but I just, I just like Cage. I quite enjoy Cage running as well. He, he like, He's running. Just he's look, he just looks. He just looks throughout that film very awkward. Yeah. But it's just it's it just works. I just I just like Cage in that kind of mode. Well, they're perfect films. Both the National Treasure films. They kind of like play into something that I very much enjoy. Of that kind of like treasure seeking. Like I really enjoyed like the Uncharted games on PlayStation and stuff like that. And I think they like balance the humor and the kind of like silliness with it with some kind of like, especially that first one. It's got like Sean Bean plays like a, a, a real sinister bad guy as well, doesn't he? He's like, he's like, well, he's, he's, he's Sean Bean, isn't he? He can, he can play kind of like, oh, no, fuck you up, mate. Yeah, no, it's not. I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those questions where it's, it is kind of tricky, I suppose, your favorite, because there are, it is very easy just to say, as you said, the, the trifecta, you know, the, the trilogy of The Rock face off con air that they're the kind of ones that if you ask anyone like you know nick cage if you're sort of into nick cage and i'm not saying i'm the biggest nick cage fan of the world but they're the ones that you could just sort of ring off and go yeah you know probably face off or con air is quite fun but no i just national i was thinking about it and just national treasure for whatever reason just just sprung to mind and i just um it's probably the one if i if i got if i had the option now to re-watch i'd put that on i just know what i'm getting yeah a perfect like Sunday afternoon film. Yeah, you know what I mean, like exactly. being a bit groggy, had a few too many shandies the night before, and and if it's on, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if if, if it's on TV or like I don't know, you you stumble for the remote and put on Disney Plus, you're like, yeah, you know what? That 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 will while away in a couple of hours, and then kind of like cheer when he says like I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence, you're like. Yes, you fucking will, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just, I, I just like the idea of just the a more subtle cage. It, it takes it, you know, it, it, it really is like the pinnacle of him just dubbing it down, not having to worry too much about shouting or, or carry, you know, carrying the film or, yeah. you know, the film it might, may not be very good. So he's got, he feels like he's got to go in and start, you know, like the, bringing the energy levels up to a million. And, you know, I was going to ask you actually about, so, so I guess I've not really watched too much of his kind of VODs over the last sort of 10 years. And I, I, I'd like, I was thinking about how the, the, some of the films that he's been in the last, say, 10, 15 years, are they, are they films that are, are just are bad and because Cage is in them, they, they're watchable, some of them? Is there any film that, is there, is there any film that would be actually some way, is actually not a great film, but is actually made worse with Cage being in it? I don't think any of them are necessarily made worse by Nicolas Cage being in them. I think the the fact that some of them feel like the directors don't know what to do with Nicolas Cage, that really, like, so yeah, I guess him being in them, like, makes it, somewhat makes it worse. But I think it's more of just the thing of, like, 
mismanagement on like the production of it and it's like there's only one film that he's outwardly come out and said like that he doesn't like either that he's done in like the last 10 years which is a film called 211 which is a real piss poor uh film that like vaguely touches on a real life scenario about a bank robbery but it's it's kind of got like a really like thrown in message about like what is it like film like do you know what I mean like film the police culture like surveillance culture and kind of like racism within police and it's kind of like very quickly in that film it does a like a 180 turn and Cage's character realizes that like oh yeah I'm no longer racist like maybe filming the police is a good idea done like bow round it done. yeah we're sorted and it's like no yeah but uh there are some like the opposite of your question there are some that are inherently better they're, they're shit films but they're inherently better for him being in them yeah well i think talking about anything to do with bank robberies going you know going back to trapped in paradise which we unfortunately <laughs> had the, the displeasure of talking about on the on film floggers um yeah i think cage you know cage stay away from the banks yeah no bank robberies cage it doesn't go too well <laughs> So we get to the headline act of this podcast. I guess now we have to talk about jujitsu. You know what I don't understand? How the hell are you still alive? Must have been a pretty bad fall. Comet you see in the sky right now passes over the earth every six years and causes a portal. But when it's open, we get a visitor from a distant galaxy. A poet warrior in the sci-fi sense. The spaceman. And he comes here looking for a fight with you. The chosen jujitsu. If he doesn't get it, he stays and he kills everything. That is alien politics 5 through 15. Now you are all the chosen jujitsu fighters. But as long as you die bravely, no one else will have to. He's crazy, like me. There's no honor in killing crazy. I can fly too. Was this your first time watching this film, Ben? Uh, well, I guess I've I technically I've watched it twice, Jiu-Jitsu. I've, I've watched it when it, um, you know, when it first sort of came out, pretty much the first kind of week. I, you know, I was pretty keen to watch it. The trailer's pretty fun. It's like, yeah, you know, it's got cage in it, of course. It's, yeah, it looks fun. You know, it's it's worth a watch. Um, and oh, yeah, so that 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 was a that was a tough. Well, it wasn't. It was just it was just disappointing. You know, I didn't didn't expect much. Of course, you know, the trailer obviously made it look. You know, you know, it's going to make it look a, a way better than it is. And you don't, you know, I didn't go into it, but you want to come out of it and go, okay, that that was pretty shit, but it was fun. That sort of thing, like you need to make sure you have, like, at the worst case scenario, you have fun 
with it. And, uh, oh, I, no, I didn't. And yeah, so I, I sort of had to, I skimmed through it again before, before we, this podcast today. And, um, yeah, I had to be honest, I had to sort of like, I had to speed it up a bit. I had to put it on like 1.3 and I, I just, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. It was, yeah, no, I just, um, yeah. So I've, I've guess I've technically seen it twice, which is, um, potentially twice too many well yeah i put it on 1.5 in some of the fight sequences especially <laughs> right, there you go yeah there's an overuse of slow motion in this film so I, f- I felt like that really like made it a lot more exciting considering like this so the, the cast of this film what could it go into you like uh, not just cage obviously like he's there for more like the dramatic side of it but you have some great like martial artists do you know what i mean you have like tony jar who is like the Ong Bak films, like very, very like well revered. You've got uh, Juju Chan. You've got um, who else? Uh, Frank Grillo. I'm not sure if he's known for, for 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 martial artists, but he's he's known for like just turning up and being a bit of a fucking badass, isn't it? And then like yeah, he, he can fight a bit, can't he? When he needs to, he's you know gave gave old Cap in Martin the Marvel films a bit of a you know yeah. a bit of a fight. So yeah, and then you've got like like looking through the cards, you've got Ryan Taran who plays Brax. The, the alien in question so uh and like it's just kind of littered with like stunt so he's like a stunt man and then there's like maurice uh crump who plays forbes and, like the thing is i'm saying all these names of characters you like you don't get introduced to a single like really to a single fucking but you don't really know who anyone is what like what what their motivation apart from the fact that like so yeah would you mind setting up this what is the kind of like the setup for this film ben oh god um good good question um well so it's basically so you know it's it gets off to the bad start with the whole opening in space i feel like if you're going to start in space you you need to make sure that your cgi is on point Mm -hmm. you know I don't know what that block was. It was a meteor, wasn't it? You know, but it just, it just, it just gets off to such a bad start. And you know, the budget was, it was pretty, it was pretty handy. It was like what twenty five mil. Yeah. I imagine majority of that is gone on the the talent, but like twenty five mil still nothing to sort of you know sniff at. Big considering like a lot of like cage films that are like would would be considered like nowhere near in this like i don't know like a bet a lot better than this like there's a film kill chain um it was like three million dollars do you know what i mean and like it's just like I, I think sometimes with films when they have that smaller budget they have to be a bit more creative with it whereas this and it's like apart from the talent i don't see where the money has gone in this film no no i yeah, I just every, everything just looks it just looks really cheap. That that's that's the issue of it. It just the 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 alien looks cheap. The the, the sort of the the post production sort of special effects and the bullets and the ninja stars that have been tacked on just look you know just look bad. But but no. So so to me, so the premise to me is is the fact that so it's this alien comes around every comes out of this horrendous CGI portal every <laughs> six every six years. To, to face, you know, to, to challenge the, the chosen jujitsu people. Uh, and then they have to all fight him. And, and then he will, you know, he will then, you know, he may be vanquished. He may beat them. But as long as they're all there to fight him, that's fine. And then he will go back through his portal, do whatever he's doing. 
the meet the you know the comet will then you know circle the earth and then it will start off again six years and then we just have that going every six years he comes back again he fights the chosen jujitsu and you know that it's just it's it's kind of like a you know like a more combat-esque once every six years or once every so many years there's a there's a tournament or there's a, a fighting challenge going on um and then you know, as long as you play by the rules everything's okay see what i don't understand about this premise is why why if you're like a kind of like you want to destroy a planet alien one why are you like in the form of like a, a man essentially Do you know what I mean? you're a humanoid form even like it's clearly a man in a rubber suit like you you see when he bends his arms you can kind of see the the rubber crinkling and stuff like that and it's like it looks like a mixture between um like ninja gaiden from no no uh raiden yeah ninja raiden or something like that or like one of the ninjas from the metal gear solid game or something like that and it's kind of they've tried to i don't know what's going on with the face so there's obviously that, that blue screen and then this like distorted face in there yeah no that the face oh yeah i've got just it's, it's just squished it's just a squished face yeah, no. it's just it's, his helmet just doesn't fit properly he just get this squished nose what um it, what it looks like is have you ever seen like those those crafty videos that like will, will go on facebook or something like that? around halloween they'll be like oh spook your family by like taking a photo of yourself pressed up against glass and like put it in a jar so like print it out and put it in a jar it basically looks like that it looks like a mixture of liquid but somebody has pressed their face up against like a window and it's like what like who's who's designing this like and that's the with films it's like there are so many people involved there's got to be so many people who kind of like sign off on that and go you know what you, you you take the rest of the day off. You fucking nailed that alien design. Yeah, it's the the logic again is is just hard to comprehend because I just don't. All these people that have looked at that alien and just gone that that character design or whatever it is, you know, is and it's okay. You know, as you said, the suit and the design of the aliens quite you know it's quite boring and it's you know you, it's clearly you can see that it's a man in a rubber suit running around. You know what? Why why do we why do we need to see see the face? If if you're going to present us that face, that squished kind of you know PlayStation, whatever it is, you know it's it's like it's with the whole like you get those sort of memes and you? you get those things of those those pictures of like PlayStation graphics where the faces are. It's like a, it looks a bit like Max Payne from yeah. the original Max Payne because the, the graphics you know were, were still really bad. He didn't have any. They couldn't make his features 3D, so it, his whole face is just squashed. It's like he's been run over. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it was. It, it, that kind of what, what, what it reminded me of, just a, a squashed Max Payne that they've just put in a rubber suit. Well, I just, yeah, I don't, it's it's I don't PlayStation it. 2 graphics in 2020. It's like we're, yeah. we're past that. And like, well, you kind of know that you're not in for a good time. As you said, you kind of get that shot of the meteor. But then like the title sequence is this like, what I can only describe as like uh, a Windows Movie Maker like cartoon preset. Do you know what I mean? Like, or like it used like people would use it back in the day for their like MSN profile picture, where it'd be like some kind of filter. It'd be like make me look like a cartoon, and it's just like, well, that's clearly clearly it's not drawn. It's just like a really crap filter over the top, and then we get these like 
kind of like an Ed Hardy tattoo flash sheet of just different things, whether it's like the snake and the skull, and it's like, oh, God, like, it just all looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, so when I first watched it, I hadn't really sort of, you know, apart from watching the trailer, I just sort of left it at that. So I had, I didn't have any concept at all that this was um, from like a comic. So when all the comic panels started sort of flashing in, in my face, I was like, what, what, what what's this? What, what are we doing with this? I had no idea that the um, the director had originally made this as a comic. It was only after I watched it I was like, oh okay, well that's kind of makes sense. But but yeah, it didn't it didn't help. And you know, me me and Tom discuss it on on um, film vloggers quite often about you know where I just you can't get ahead round the concept of this CGI. Especially when something's you know got a pretty you know substantial budget, I just I'm just not getting where the money's going. I just don't. Apart from obviously the, you know as we said you know the talent and the people involved, in terms of the CGI, which which you know I think is is reasonably it's not cheap to to design CGI. And if a big part of the budget is going on CGI in a lot of these films, I it I just don't I'm just not getting it. you know by all means you know if you can make the CGI look bad, but can you, it, it doesn't, it, it always, it kind of looks, it, it looks bad, but then it, it just looks cheap. Mm. That's the thing of it. it. It's bad. It's not, it's, it's a bit jarring, but it just looks cheap. You know, as you said, the opening titles, it's just, it just, it's so naff, so naff and cheap. Well, there's elements of it that don't need CGI as well. There's like an overuse of CGI blood, like when people are getting punched in the face and there's this horrible CGI blood like flying out of their mouths. It's like, well, they either just don't need to be any blood at all. Or like, surely, like you can just get like some blood capsules, or do you know what I mean like some kind of like fake blood can't be that expensive, or just just don't just don't have it. And like, it's kind of coupled with like so the, that fight sequence when Tony Jaa turns up to the base because Alan Mazzari's Jake character again, like the the script of this could have easily been written on the back of a fag packet because it's kind of like. Bloke wakes up, doesn't remember anything. Yep, there's an alien. Yep, six years, comes down, has to fight everyone. Uh, why? Doesn't matter. People will buy into it. He's going to kind of learn the ways that he used to know. Uh, and as he gets, like, reintegrated into his fighting family. But, like, that... So, yeah, he's in that, like, interrogation booth. And then, like, Tony Jaa turns up to fight. And it's, like, a, a thing that really stood out to me. It's, like, the sound design as well. Like, with, like, the gunshots. Like, you've either got, like, handguns that sound like Western pistols. Or you kind of got these, like, horrible machine gun sounds that sound like like you know, those fake machine guns you'd have as a kid. Where it's like... And, it, like, the the CGI for the bullets. It's just, like... I, and there was a moment. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling on here, but there was a moment. I was like, "What are we gonna get?" Like, I was like, "I half expect to hear a Wilhelm scream," you know, like the classic, like, Aah! and then like literally thirty seconds later, you get. Aah! I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> yeah, no, the the Tony when you know the introduction of of Tony Jr. It's oh, it's just it's. For, I think for me, yeah, as you said, you know, the the CGI that the. the bullets you know there's there's multiple times where the soldiers run towards tony jar instead of just keeping the distance trying to shoot him i know that, i know they've all got horrendous aim for whatever reason but they, they just run towards him there's, there's even a scene there's even a bit where he's they're, they're having a bit of a standoff you know the guy's just trying to reach for his gun and just doesn't just doesn't take it out of his holster 
just so Tony Jaa can just punch him and kick him and run off again. But um, I think for me that the biggest thing about the, the that scene with Tony Jaa when they when they escape is the it's the camera work. Oh, not not even not even getting to the first person stuff, which is just oh my god, it's some of the worst things. It's oh some of the worst camera work I've ever seen. It's it's just that that jarring shaky cam. Yeah, and it's it's just oh it it literally is vomit inducing because you know if. It, it could make you sick. It's like being on a, like a really wank roller coaster. It just, it's shaking all over the place. Well, there's that thing of doing like interesting, like um, kinetic filmmaking. And I think like filmmakers who did it really well is uh, Neville Dean and Taylor who did the crank films. But that's kind of like quick, like being with the action or like something like the raid. But it's like, it's the, that's choreographed within an inch of its life and the cameramen know what they're doing. Whereas this is like, they've got a guy, it's like his first day out of film school and gone like, just follow the fighting, get as close as you can. And like some moments it's like, why are you focusing on this? Like there's kind of like a lingering shot on a, on a door and it's like, it's, it's a good like three, four seconds too long because you're like, right, someone's going to get kicked through that door and it's like if that was kind of if it kind of like just panned to that very like kinetically and then someone came through the door it's like great but it's like we're lingering on this for way too long it's like you're signposting it and then yeah as you said that first person stuff is just like oh, fuck off <laughs> yeah pretty pretty you know I, I think the um with the shaky stuff I, I guess they just didn't know what else to do they they, they must um, maybe they acknowledged that they couldn't have the whole set piece of just pure shaky cams. So they're like, well, the only thing we can, I guess we can do, we can't, we can't film it any other way. So we're going to have to just do this like, oh, let's just try this really cool, uh, what's that that film? Hard, hardcore Henry mm, yeah. style. Where it, that, I guess with that, you know, that was, it wasn't a great film, but it was, the premise of that was it was first person from start to finish. So it was like, okay, fine, whatever. I guess it's more, it's similar to something like Doom where yeah. you have that first person. And even that, it makes a bit of sense because it's a first person shooting game. You know, we'll have that first, you know, to appease the gaming fans. Oh, yeah, it's like Doom, first person, fun. But this, it's, it's just senseless. It, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, there's, so the, I'm, glad, I'm glad we kind of got the camera work out of the, out of the way nice and early. And like, I, I had a couple of beers last night and I was watching like this this morning and some of the fight sequences genuinely, and it's that shaky cam. I was like, I think I'm going to be sick. Yeah, yeah vomit juicing yeah it's like oh uh, yeah it's genuine uh, and, and 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 i think like, like i'm really stuck on this like first like uh fight sequence at the base because it takes a good like five minutes before um jake and the like the, the female military officer to realize anything's going on it's like how fucking big is this base? It's like, we kind of get a sense of the geography and it's supposed to be Burma as well. And it's like, it's not. Like, it's clearly, like, uh, look, this is filmed in Cyprus. And, and like, well, as soon as I read that and I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, I bet they had a lovely holiday making this film. Like, I guess that's one of the benefits from this. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I guess that's why a lot of them signed on because they were like, yeah, like, six weeks or not even do you know, three week holiday in in cyprus yeah nice and sunny I'll, I'll have a bit of that but like i don't know i think burma you expect it to be more like vietnam do you know what I mean like that kind of like not not just kind of dry desert and stuff like that that they kind of they look like they're in it it looks like it's set in like the 
the Middle East in those, like in that that base sequence at least. Yeah, no, it's, it doesn't. It's not really. Um, you're not really believing, it, are you? No. You're not. You're not really believing the setting at all. But um, no, I guess as you said, you know, I'm, I'm guessing maybe, you know, I guess you can take away that cage may have got a half decent tan. So I guess you know that that's something. But um, but no, that whole that whole base scene is just yeah. I, I think it just sums up the film, doesn't it, quite nicely. It, it's all over the place. You don't know what's going on. You, you, you're questioning everything that's happening. Every every fight, every sort of bit of action, you're like, I, I don't. I, why? Why? Why are you doing that? Why is the camera shaking there? Why? Have you, as you said, what? Why have you not noticed Tony Jaa, who's cleaning up this whole base, which is not even that big? Mm-hmm. It's it's just um yeah. Everyone's kind of just befuddled, and that's kind of about it, really. I think even Cage says in a bit about um when he's when he's going for his ex- exposition dump, he says about how you know you puzzled because I'm puzzled. <laughs> it's just like yes yes cage we are all fucking puzzled so it takes a good 40 minutes well it takes exactly like 40 minutes before we get cage on screen right and we kind of like we get semi-introduced to people they kind of just turn up and like fight and like kind of turn around to jake and be like what you not remember us you don't remember us we we're, we're family like you you know us right you, you you better have remembered how to use this and like it's frank grillo like brandishing a sword or something like that and there's that again we're supposed to be in burma i don't i don't like anyone listening please 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 uh correct me if i'm wrong here but like they're not they're not known for cornfields in burma are they like I would have. Sh- no, I would have. Sh- yeah. I would assume it would be like there would be rice paddies, right? Like, because one of the like kind of like slightly impressive shots in this is there's like this nice shot like above the cornfield, and it's like, oh yeah, that's quite nice. But then it's like, and then, then it's just back into like I don't know. All of a sudden, it, you get introduced to like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, don't you? Because you get Juju Chan with her nunchucks, you get that guy with his like metal pole. And then Tony Jaa's got these things that I can only describe as like pipe, like like plumbing pipe that has been, <laughs> yeah, that has been, that has been spray yeah. painted silver. That is exactly what I had in my notes. Yeah, it's just like he's, he's come to my like bathroom and just stealing some of my pipes from the shower. <laughs> it's like, I'll have those back, please, Tony. Like, what the fuck are you going to do with those? <laughs> if for Tony Jaa as well, like, you know, he, he, and he's like, in terms of martial arts, I know the um, the guy who plays Jake is, is, you know, he's like, that's kind of his career, the kickboxing is martial arts. But like, you know, like I, I'm amazed that Tony Jaa's just gone, yeah, I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take the plumbing pipes. Give him something a bit more cool. Yeah. It's Tony Jaa for Christ's sake. Or just let him just go barehanded. Christ. Yeah, they're, they're weird. They kind of, they look like pl- like plumbing pipe, but also they could be like the, ha- the handles of crutches. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like... It's like it's, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm probably sure there's someone at home who's like a big, like kind of uh, like martial arts and weapons fan right now. Going, they've got a name. Give them their proper name. Like yeah. they call like Nickelodeon yeah, or something. <laughs> so the comic book sequences for me, I'm not sure about you, just very much fat, sound, like feel like they're paper macheing over some some plot holes and like script gaping script holes they're like how can we transition to another scene here it's like just cut to a couple of panels on a comic book yeah yeah i know it is isn't it it's just basically you know getting characters from one place to the next without showing it um they're just kind of going oh here's jake and the girl yeah that now they're running through the jungle we're going to put that in some comic panels and then uh you know that's fine skip to the next scene yeah no it's um 
I understand. I understand the director was was shoving them in to go. Oh, but yeah. By the way, this is set on a comic, but they're, they're just they're just shoehorned mm-hmm. in. There's there's that. There's no. There's no. The theme of the film. There's no. They're not relevant. It doesn't. It. You're not sitting there thinking this is kind of this has got things that you would go. Oh God, that is that. That's quite comic book esque. It's just it's just random comic book panels that are just shoved in to get from one scene to the next. It's again just yeah, it's just jarring, isn't it? it just makes no sense. So let's talk about. Cage when he turns up, like, how, like, what does his performance give to you? Do you enjoy Cage in this film? Yeah, and I'm not just saying this, and it's it's easy to say, but he is, yeah, he's without doubt the best part of the film. And you kind of already knew that watching the trailer. Yeah, you knew that Cage is going to probably be what you know, whatever he brings to the table. You know, in the trailer, he's, you know, he looks fun. He comes out of a couple of lines. You know, oh yeah, okay, he's you know, he's looking pretty good. Um, and he's yeah, he, he's come through the, the best bit of the, the film. I think, I guess for Cage. Which is um, which is a bit of a shame. Is that he's just he's kind of just really used as like sort of an exposition dump, isn't he? That's basically what he's there for. Like you see him, and he's yeah, he's like a he does his martial arts, and that's quite fun watching people flip round that clearly aren't Cage. And it's, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, that's I'm sure that's Cage doing that flip. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, someone who's just like this different size and the hair, you know, the the greasy hair is a bit different. But oh no, yeah, it's Cage. But you know, he's just he's just used as that. He's just used to explain just the contrived and just rubbish plot like cage you know to be honest we don't really care about the plot like just just do you just you know do some more fighting just you know come out with some one-liners just you know just do you don't we don't want to hear about the plot because we don't get it anyway well i don't know how many people they need to explain this kind of six years sequence thing because you kind of you get it through the crab man from uh my name is earl who is also in this film uh who explains at the beginning through the like the woman interpretate interpreting what Jake is saying. It's like uh, something about a portal, six years, like uh, fighting and stuff like that. So you kind of get it there, and then it's like just in case you missed this film that is very like low on plot. Just in case you didn't understand what it like what it is, and I think all of the promo for this film as well has been has really hammered that fact home because that's all this film. Do you know what I mean? Like the frame this is like strung upon is very thin. And it's like that that's all that's all we've got is every six years, Alien comes down, has to fight. You either win, you either lose. It could it could fuck up the whole world if if you if you lose. But then we get Cage doing it again, and it's just like I don't understand his character, and I kind of like but I'm glad he's there at the same time. Like I don't I don't I don't really see what the point of his character is. Even when we get to the kind of like the twist, which we'll get to, like what the somewhat twist in it, but like he delivers some great lines. So like uh, the way he delivers, oh ho ho, get off my piano! It's like it's fantastic. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good in this case. He's, this is again, it, it's more. Yeah, he's doing. He's, he's you know he's fighting. He, yeah, has a couple of moments, but overall, it's, it's subtle. It's subtle. It's you know he's not shouting. He's not. He's not doing anything too outlandish. He's just playing this kind of grizzled, sort of older, kind of, you know, broken down martial arts guy who, you know, back in his day would have been, you know, phenomenal. And he's, 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 he's seen this alien and he knows how it works and the alien let him live that time. And that's because, you know, he does the whole crazy thing. And, mm. and it's, it's just, it's good. It's like, it's nice and it, it's, it's chilled out. It's subtle and it's, it's, it's reined in. Um, and I guess, you know, I, that, that's good. That, that's, you know, I think if Cage would have started bouncing around the room, I mean, oh, Cage, you know, like, 
No, don't. Not for this, Cage. It doesn't fit. I would have loved to have known, like, what elements of the character as well were Cage's, like, uh, input on it. Like, whether it's, like, the thing with the... He makes hats out of newspapers or he smokes these kind of, like, spitty little roll-up cigarettes and stuff like that. It's like, they feel like, like, weird little character uh, quirks and stuff like that that nobody else really has. They all kind of feel like cookie cutter characters like especially the fact that the rest of the cast wear these these horrible costumes that like i can only describe as like they're kind of like early 2010s like pretty boys who shop at uh all saints in these kind of like weird or or like like these uh kylie minogue hood things you know like from the can't get you out of my head video but in black and, and these textured t-shirts and it's like i don't know what you're going for here but it's they just look like a crap boy band yeah no yeah you get this like really sort of really baggy t-shirts that kind of went down to your knees or i think the only thing that was missing maybe would would have been like a scoop neck yeah had like the all saints kind of like you know geordie shaw-esque scoop neck with the with the kind of um what it's like distressed edges everything's kind yes. of got like a distressed look to it like they're one step away from wearing like those jeans with like the distressed like the rips all down them and stuff like that and they kind of got these like oh, i don't know weird little booties on they got this like, kind of little like look, look look something that like kanye west would release and people would like go fucking crazy for and it's like um, yeah. At the same time, look like they're going to fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, something that just looks like really cheap, but it's about it would set you back about two and a half grand. Um, yeah, but no, it's the yeah the the fashion sense is just. Let's just say you wouldn't be um you wouldn't be that afraid if they were coming towards you with kind of you know Tony Jar holding that holding the plumbing in his hands, wearing that kind of kit. I think you'd be um you'd probably be able to, you'd probably think that you could hold your own. Even though, even though they are they are martial experts, you probably stand your ground and go, yeah, why not? Let's give it a go. So, what do you make of the like kind of like the rest of the fighting sequences in this? Are they, are they as like upsetting as that as that kind of bait siege on the base sequence? <sighs> they're, they're just you know they're not they're not like bad. They're just again they're just kind of just they're just underwhelming, aren't they? They're just quite. They're quite boring, you know. Some of the stuff with when the alien comes out and he starts, he has he has that kind of one on one with that guy, one of the guys. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. He's got a kind of kind of got the longer pole. It gives him like a it gives him like a decent fight. Um, that you know that's okay. It's not too bad. I, I've heard I've heard people say you know it, it rips off, and I, you know I think I briefly mentioned it. The whole like Mortal Kombat and how this alien is you, know, you could be you know conceived as like a, you know, the predator in the mold of the predator, say. So if you're gonna if you're gonna steal ideas potentially from Mortal Kombat and Predator, like that, that's that's like they see it. So for example, in these fights, you know, let's see like fatalities, you know, ending the fights. Let's see some more gore. Let's see some decapitations. You know, let's see. I would say see some more blood, but the, the blood looks so terrible. But let, let's make it. You know, let's increase the gore. Let's make it like uber violent. Well, you could have made it a bit more interesting potentially. Well, yeah, that that kind of uh, Predator meets Mortal Kombat is is a pull quote from. Uh, boxoffice.com and like I'm, I'm very interested to know like what the full review says I, I, I won't read it out on this but like yeah obviously it's always interesting when you see those things where it's like it's this because the rest of the review can be like scathing do you know what I mean and it's like it's <laughs> it's 
this film meets this film, but nowhere near as good. But like the the kind of marketing department have gone. Well, they said it's that film versus like meets that film, so let's have that. But like one of the problems I have with it, and it's like it's to do with the fighters, is they are supposed to be like the creme de la creme of like martial artists from the world. And there's one guy, I think it's in like a um a flashback sequence, a guy who kind of gets his head like uh like snapped when the like alien kind of like heats it up and his head goes red and it kind of gets snapped. And like I'm not I'm not a fat shaming here, but he's like a portly guy. Do you know what I mean? Like surely he's not like every day in the gym like like fighting and like that he's not the creme de la creme of fighters here no you're not you're not um you're not convinced by any of these yeah you know tony jai you're like yeah okay you know he, he's you know he's putting some good these he's doing some half decent moves you know tony jai have you seen any of his stuff like you know he can fight you know he's like he's very talented but you're not convinced by like anyone when when they're fighting you're kind of just like yeah well I'm, i don't think you're gonna um i think the alien's gonna probably just get rid of you eventually so let's just kind of speed it along a bit well this film's littered with like uh star trek red shirts isn't there there's people and it's like so the the main cast we, we hardly really know what the character names are but it's like if someone is just all of a sudden in a scene and the aliens there it's like well, i've not seen him before he's gonna die and it's like <laughs> I, I, but it's like you don't care because i don't care like i didn't care about the people we're supposed to be rooting for let alone these people who are just kind of like shepherded in to be like cannon fodder and then, like, it's by by the time we kind of like get to, I guess it's the like the 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 pre end fight sequence when they all kind of get to have a go at the alien. Like, it kind of starts off with Juju Chan, and she kind of gets off, and we get that that the predator vision in this as well is is fucking pants in it yeah i, I guess with, with, with the predator stuff it's like if you know so the mortal combat the fatality you know they haven't used that fine but again like with the predator if you know if you're gonna you're gonna have this old this predator rip off and then you can also have like the yeah as you said like the thermal vision type stuff going on as well like we need to i need to see more i, I need to i need to see you kind of you know collecting some skulls <laughs> you know i need you like get get your pouch out predator put the skulls in the pouch you know hang them up do something with them skin some people you know when you when you fight cage in, in a bit you know i want to see some skinless cage yeah. you know let's let's see it let's, let's just just do something i know you've got this this unworldly respect for cage you know you, you let you kind of let him off about 10 times and go right no let's go again cage you know i respect you here's your sword back but like if, if you're going to rip something off you know like do it do it you know do it well at least don't just rip it off and then just make a mockery of it which is yeah like the thermal stuff is just it's just embarrassing isn't it basically was it inevitable that cage was gonna die in this film um yeah i I'm, i guess so i guess because the whole film centers around this this jake guy and um i guess you just sort of expect everyone to die bar bar him and maybe juju chan you know maybe, maybe because because it's his like it's his shooed in love interest you're like oh you know maybe she might get through or the final showdown is going to be she fights the alien she gets killed and oh now jake's really fucked off now he's gonna he's gonna finally stop hiding he's gonna finally stop running <laughs> because everyone else is dead so he's gonna have to finally fight the alien but um no it's you know i guess i guess they they gave cage a reasonably dignified ending you know he put up a good fight you know the, the, the he gained the respect yeah. of of the predator well, it was you know basically what it, like the arnie 
where at the end, the Predator takes off his guns and goes, right, okay, let's go hand-to-hand here, Arnie. He gains the respect of the alien. So, like, he, he lets him get off the hook and they keep flying. And, and then he... um. Yeah, they, they sort of break in the back. That was a that was a bit lame. Yeah. Unfortunately, they kind of ru- ruined it a little bit with that. But um, overall, you know, it was it was okay. And uh, yeah, it's a shame to see Cage go. But he he probably went in terms of how some of the other characters went. He, he went as good as it probably could have been for him. <laughs> well, for this film, the only anyway. one that kind of uh, comes anywhere near close is Frank Grillo's kind of like he's shot in the stomach and goes out with like two fingers up in the air like fuck you and it's yeah. like all right we get it he's supposed to be a hard ass like fucking hell um so then we get to like the reveal and i'm not sure if you cared about this reveal any more than i did that nicholas cage's character wiley again like this is the I, I know this because i've read this on like imdb that that is the name of the character i don't don't really think it's mentioned in the film whatsoever but like he is jake's dad and then we kind of get like some some footage of like a young jake being like mr miyagi trained by by wiley yeah it's not it's not great <laughs> is it it's not it's not too good um you know again like if, if you're gonna do that if you're gonna put in this whole subplot with how nick cage is, is jake's dad you know let's that, see some cage then use some of that 25 mil budget and let's get a digi- you know, digitally altered uh, younger cage, not just some guy with this like rubbish wig on, kind of doing some basic one-two with younger Jake. It's no, I, I think it's um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess maybe with Cage's death, it, it, it makes you sort of care a bit more, maybe. And, and then, and in because up until this point, well, not you know, for me personally, I, I wasn't rooting for Jake at all. Like the guy, the character is just awful. You know, he just he doesn't. Or he just spends his whole time running away. And that was the whole, he's got everyone killed because he ran away in the first place. Yeah. So he's very unlikable. And I guess it's not the guy's fault. It's just the character. But I guess adding that whole cage as his dad and you have that, you know, sentimentality stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I want Jake to get his revenge and kill the alien and, you know, save the day, I guess, maybe. What I didn't understand is, was like, did he know he was his dad? pre-amnesia or like is 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 it only for the last day he forgot he was his dad or has he just never known he was his dad he must like and, and it's like all of it's rushed do you know what I mean it's like so we got like that for one the amnesia plot is like kind of script writing do you know what I mean it's kind of what you would write into a script if you were a teenager and gone like oh how can we explain how can we kind of like give this character like an arc where he's like gonna learn something instead of like having him have to be like a complete novice learning it it's like well we need we need for him to really quickly or like we need we need for him to know like how to fight without like having a a, a training seat do you know what I mean without setting it up but at the same time we need for the other members of the cast to explain to him and the audience, what is going on? So it's like, well, we just well, he's got amnesia. Then we're just like uh, that. That that ticks that box. Yeah, the, the the cast do like sort of several times that they they are they just can't believe it, can they? Because they keep saying, you know, Jake, this was your plan, or Jake, you know, we're going here now. Do you not remember? Oh, he doesn't. Like, they just they can't get into the heads that he's got amnesia. They're just like, do you not remember this, Jake? Oh my god. Oh, he hasn't. He can't remember. But this was your plan, and that, they said like several times. And also, I guess with the whole. Did um you know did like did he know that Cage was his dad but you know pre or post amnesia, I guess like 
I'm, I'm guessing not because Cage doesn't even, he doesn't even try and like sort of bring it up or he doesn't even try and sort of show that he's, he's maybe upset or he, he kind of asks him the question, like, you know, how, how bad is your amnesia? Do you, do you not remember anything, you know, like between me and you? Sorry, man. Don't worry about it. Sorry. I'm a, that's all right. It's a call from uh universal credit. Just, uh, oh Christ. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no worries, but continue if, if they, uh, well, yeah, I'll ask you, so let's talk about the final fight sequence with well it's it's bad, right? It's like it's like kind of like it's a real anti climax to a kind of underwhelming film already. Yeah, yeah, I'm not so i I think you get one of those comic books pan like panels sort of popping in again, don't you? I think they have the I think oh, to be fair, but the, the old the translator, the older woman who um who was there earlier, like sort of you know, puts a couple of bullets into the alien, which is, yeah, okay. Yeah. She probably actually does a better job than most of the fighters. Um, so yes, yeah, so you get, so that's kind of, yeah, you kind of get that. And then I guess, I guess like what I'm, what I'm not getting with this again, it's like, yeah, it's not very good, but the aliens like kicking like Jake's ass. Like, he, you know, he's dealing with him pretty handily, which you expected. And then right at the end, I, I'm guessing, I, I don't know if it's maybe the fact that Jake's pretty much like on the verge of death. He's getting choked out. You're like, oh, okay. He's, he's going to come back somehow, but, How's he going to come back from here? Is someone going to, you know, is Juju going to come in and save the day and sacrifice herself or, you know, something's going to happen. But then I, I don't know, maybe he just, he just sees that squished CGI face and just kind of goes, oh my God, wakes him up <laughs> and kind of goes, well, to be fair, like I, I can't lose to this. Like This can't be my dying, my dying memory is this, getting killed and choked out by this squished face. And he just, he just starts kicking his ass. Well, that's that weird thing as well that it kind of, it's, established like quite late in the day again that it has an aversion to fire and it's like and it's not like there's a big blaze of like fire it's like this tiny little controlled fire that the alien gets near and goes (laughs) and kind of it can't see all of a sudden when the fire's involved and then there's that moment where like it looks like the alien's got the better of him and he kind of falls to the floor and then again, it goes in super slow-mo and he's, he's reminded of something that I think it's Wiley told him. It's like, when he regenerates, it takes five to six seconds before he's whole again. And um, so I did, I did a bit of like, because I knew this, like being my second watch of this film, I, I decided to time how long on screen it was between like the kind of, the the gunshots in in the aliens like stomach for them to regenerate and this is no word of a lie it's 33.4 seconds on screen that that it takes for that hole to regenerate and in that time it's like it's not just like so alan mazari jake's yeah jake manages to get on his shoulders juju chan gets to come in and have a little bit of a scuffle they kind of like get to beat the shit out of him some more and then the crab man comes in throws like a few grenades and gets to be like hey jake use some of these and it's like so it does all that and then yeah, what, what 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 do you make of that are you surprised that it's that it's 33 points well no i, I yeah i'm, I'm not surprised no that, that's yeah it's probably expected longer to be honest but the thing is the, the yeah, as you said, it's um. So it's, I don't think it's even Wiley who tells him about this whole five second, seven seconds thing. It, it's the other bloke. The again, no idea what his name is. It's the guy who gets his like chest burnt. I think mm. who who knocks him out, who knocks Jake out, takes him to the side, and goes, "Right, Jake, 
I've woken, you know, wakes him up and goes, right, I've got some big info for you. Drops this whole, like, he takes five to seven seconds to recoup, you know, just bear that in mind. So they, they put it, they shoehorn it in the film, they, you know, they shove it in and go, oh, we've got to remember that for later. But then, as you said, they, they make a mockery of it because then they, they then spend over 30 seconds doing that. Yeah. Having that 30 seconds window, it's like, no, what, what? Why would you, why shoe that horn in the first place if you're not even going to stick to it? I would I would factor into that thirty three point four seconds, ten seconds for slow mo, but even then, like, well, that's twenty. That's yeah, that's twenty three seconds. It's it's too long. It's all it's all too long. It's like it's like don't 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 set up something and don't don't set up some rules and don't play by those rules because like again, it's when you're doing tests like that, it 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 makes it makes like you realise that this film has lost an audience. Do you know what I mean? Like, if this was fun, and I think that's what where this film falls down, is it's like, if this was, like, exciting and fun, it could be as dumb as it wants to be. And if the fights were better, considering the talent they've got as well, I think that's where it's disappointing. If this was a lot funner, it would have been fine. Do you know what I mean? It would have been leave, leave your brain in a bucket type film, just, like... Let's let's see some punching, some fighting. Whereas it's not that. It's like when when you're kind of taken out of it and like, and the film the film kind of almost does it intentionally. Like there's a moment where we get that shot of outside of the temple with the like thunder and lightning going on and the the, the comet passing by, by in the air. And it's like it's almost like the film's tapping on the shoulder. Goes, you remember this is really shit. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, <laughs> as you said about, yeah, like it is, if, if you can't make it fun, then and we don't, we don't need, we don't need all this shit about all this, like this exposition and all this like convoluted, like plot about the alien comeback every few years. We don't need that. We just like, don't have it. Just say he, he's, he's coming to take over the earth or he's coming to do something. And that's it. Keep it simple because then you haven't got, a, you haven't got to bring all this extra stuff in and go, don't forget about this or, what about this? Or this is where he comes from. This is his backstory. Just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Just keep like have have a, a like an alien race like like Predator. It was the whole thing about Predator. You just you didn't know what he was. Yeah, he, he just he was in this jungle just killing people. And you're like, like, who the fuck is this? Like, what what like, what is he? Where's he come from? What's he doing? But we don't care because mm-hmm. it was so well executed. We didn't we didn't care what he was or where he come from. We were just like we were enthralled by him. We we're like, oh, this is okay. Let's let's see this. Let's see this showdown with him and Arnie. This is good. Well, it almost feels like like you're expected to have like read the. Co- do you know what I mean? It's like it's, it feels like it's it's retroactively trying to get people to to buy the comics. It's like you might understand a bit more of the the exploits of this team and like kind of how they got to this stage beforehand. Like may, maybe you get some like, whereas this kind of drops you in it, and it's like, well, I don't I don't care about anyone. Like, and it's like when the well, the, the way this film's left, because obviously, yeah, they, they put the grenades in the alien, blow it up and push it back into the portal, right? Yeah, that, you make your point. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what I'm missing. Maybe it is like that you just expected or, or you know, you, you, you watch this and go, and, and the director and whoever, whoever, all the people who have made it kind of expect you to sort of go off and, and like seek out the comics and go, oh, right, now I want to get the, like, you know, I want to find out about the more of a backstory about, where he came from and, and the alien and, and his race and what planet he lives on and all this. And, and I, I've heard, you know, I've heard sort of rumors that this was, this is going to be now part of like a, a series and, and the director wants to bring out more and, and, you know, and then I imagine, you know, two and three or however, you know, if he manages to get a second one out, we'll then go back and delve into the alien and where it all started and, and the, the history of it and everything else is like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. But, 
But no, like it's, I don't. I think it's more of a fact that the director just wants to work with different martial artists. And he's probably thinking like, right, we've got this team for this one. We'll get some like younger blood for the next one. And then like, maybe he would like, because the the, the closing line of this is the crab man saying, uh, see you in six years, like to, to where the portal was. And all I was left thinking was, oh, let's, let's fucking hope not. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that's 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 worrying that's concerning and and, and, and great you will not you won't be seeing me in six years yeah. so <laughs> well hopefully if so, they take six years to make a sequel they would learn some of the mistakes that they made on yeah. this one and can make a like a half decent film like get writing now get writing the script now like do a second and a third draft do you know what i mean like yeah. Do a first draft because this film, like, don't go. We've got half a draft and we've got some comic book panels. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> what, what I want to know is, you know, I don't, I don't know if you can maybe answer this better than me, but so that yeah, the film's called Jujitsu. Like, how much, you know, to the untrained eye, if 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 people were performing Jujitsu or fighting Jujitsu in front of me right now, I wouldn't be able to go, oh, yeah, that, that's that's Jujitsu. Oh, I know that move. That's a Jujitsu move. Is that how much actual jujitsu, or is there any actual moves that yourself or or that you you know you may have read about that that was actually in the film that was like oh that's jujitsu? So like I know this just from like reading online, and especially when the trailers came out for this, there was a lot of like backlash from people going, not even any fucking jujitsu in it. What's going on? Like, and it's like, why call like why why call it that? Why not call it like I don't know, alien battle? Do you know, like, do you know, that's a crap title, but like, at least it's like it it under it it is what the film's about. Whereas like jujitsu, it's like don't call, you can't call something do you, do you know what I mean, if I served you a pizza, I couldn't go. Here's your burger, Ben. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what it is, isn't it? You serve something. You serve, you serve something called jujitsu, and then there's little to no jujitsu in it, from from my understanding, at least. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess maybe it just, I don't know, just jujitsu sound cool? I suppose it's like, oh, jujitsu. Oh, you know, I guess I guess they just looked through all the different types of martial arts and, and just went with the one that sounded, I don't know, like kind of interesting. Well, because I think uh, maybe th- jujitsu is a lot of like on the groundwork and kind of like arm bars and stuff like that. It's like I don't think it's the most exciting. Like, do you no, know I, mean? I think yeah, I think it's like grappling and stuff, isn't yeah. it? A lot of like close, like close combat grappling, and as you say, it's like kind of you know UFC s sort of yeah, you know, rolling you spend, about on the floor. Yeah, you spend expe- like extended periods of time just on the floor, like you know trying to choke someone and getting the odd kick and punching now and again. Yeah, so. You know, I imagine if they'd have actually tried to sort of set up the fights with actual jujitsu moves, this film would have been even more unwatchable. It'd just be oh, like, is, is this alien gonna gonna finish this bloke off? <laughs> I guess it's like maybe that maybe there's there's elements to it in the in the Nick Cage fight. I don't think there's again, I don't think there's any like jujitsu moves, but it's a bit more slower pace. There's, there's a lot of kind of like you know, okay, let's have a quick breather. Oh, let's go again. Or like, okay, you know, I got you on the floor. Now you get back up. Let's go again. So yeah, I guess maybe if that fight may have been the closest you're going to get to jujitsu mm-hmm. where it's just slower and it's more close combat and there's not too many flipping and yeah, I don't know. So you touched knows. on this earlier with Cage's greasy hair. So I like to, before we wrap this up, uh, ask three questions at the end. And the first one is, does Nick Cage have bad hair in this film? 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say he's got bad hair. Actually, I, I think it's. Um, I think it's about right. It's about right for his character. It's about right for for the film. And yeah, I think it's all right. I, I think it, it plays into to what he's uh, what he's you know what he's giving on screen. So no, I think it's okay. I, I think it's about right for Cage. I, I'm I'm okay with that hair. It's my my probably bigger biggest problem with Cage's hair is like you know like if he's going to go natural, he's, he's he's obviously slightly receding. That's you know that's absolutely fine. Like you know keep keep it to that as as much as possible. It's like, there's no issue with that hair, Cage. Like we, we like that. We're okay with it. I'm okay with it. But it's where it's where you see stuff like um. Oh god, what's that film called? Um, Bank Bangkok Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's where like he's got this, he's got like this this wig, or he's got this hairpiece on, and it's like slicked, and it's it's kind of like he's like he's dumped his head in like a whole tub of brill cream, <laughs> and it, and, it, and it's it's styled. I, I, that's what I, that's what that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see bad like a bad wig or a bad headpiece and styled. That's what that's where I have a problem with Cage's hairdo. Um, so yeah, with, with with the hair as well. Do you think it's a wig in this film? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's sort of a mystery, isn't it? I guess yeah, you you could probably answer this better than me. But like, what uh, you know, what what is Cage putting on his head? I don't. I'm I'm guessing that there is hair bits of hair stuck on, or or it is mostly wig because he's not got a great deal of hair left. What? You know, his natural hair is receding somewhat. So yeah, but he does manage to pretty much every film have a different type of hair haircut and it's like it is impressive whatever he's doing well i'm not sure if you've seen a uh, history of swear words but i think over the last year he's had some work done on his hair because his hairline is kind of like shot forward like rapidly. yeah yeah it's come back from the dead yeah it's uh, kind of like do you know what i mean it's 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 it's, it's high tide on his hairline like it's kind of yeah. like the tide the, the tide is very much in all of a sudden he looks great for it. Like, do you know what I mean, if you've if you've got it, like, and you like, if 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 that's what if if that's keeping you awake at night, going like, oh, I I look stupid, and it it, it kind of says something to this, like, that obviously beauty standards go across both genders when it comes to Hollywood. In the fact of like, especially as you get older, and it's like, especially someone like Cage, where it's like, it probably is still trying to do like these lead roles and stuff like that and he's like he's probably thinking i'm not ready to retire into these like i don't know like old do you know what i mean older man roles where it's like i'm just playing dads and yeah do you know what i mean like fuddy duddies he's like i, I still want to kick a bit of ass so like maybe maybe to keep up to date with your your leo dicaprios or i don't know your, your younger generation i'm gonna have to gonna have to get some plugs yeah, no. Well, I think um, you know, I think with Cage in particular, I, I guess he's he spent his money on a lot more worser things, you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot more dubious. You know, I think getting his getting his hairline sorted out, I think is probably one of the one of the best investments he's probably made in the last 10, 15 years. I'm surprised he didn't get his hair place of snakes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I should say actually, like a completely well, not off topic, but like just completely random, which I, I thought was quite funny. Um, is that? I saw, I don't know when it was, I don't know if he was shooting a film. It may have been the Bad Lieutenant film. Um, but I saw that he he had like a, a bit of an issue. He was arrested. I think he, he had a bit of a domestic problem with his, his then wife. And I saw that he, he was, he was, um, he was let out on bail. And the person who posted his bail was Dog the Bounty Hunter. Wow. <laughs> I just saw this on Wikipedia. I know this is, this is like, never do with his, with his haircut, but I just, I had to like I've just it just popped into my head again. I was like I better just dump it out quickly before I, I forget about it. 
And I just saw that and I was just like, yeah, that's, that, that just sounds, that sounds perfect. But, but yeah, Dog the Bounty Hunter. I, I don't know if there's, if there's any truth to that. It is Wikipedia. So yeah, pinch of salt, but yeah. Amazing. Okay. I guess that kind of got sprung loaded back into your memory because we were talking about bad hair. And I think Dog the Bounty Hunter has possibly got one of the worst fucking haircuts of all time. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, yeah, I, I think he does. Uh, I think he should probably seek out Cage actually for some some sort of hair advice. Yeah, who's this guy? Did he go to Turkey for one of those famous uh, Turkey hair jobs? But um, we could get lost again in the the woods of Nicolas Cage's hair. Let's talk about his voice. Does he do a crazy voice in this film? Uh, I don't think so. Not really. He does. He does his whole. Um, you know, I'm crazy and, and wave the hand in front of the face and stuff, but. I think that's okay. Yeah. Again, quite subtle, quite reserved. You know, it's it doesn't. There's not too much shouting. That's that's why it's good. That's what I like about it. I, I think um, I think you'd have just made the film even more unwatchable. Yeah. You'd have come on and just like bouncing around the place, shouting. You know, I'm martial arts expert. You know, whatever he's coming out with. I think I think doing what he done, keeping it to a minimal, keeping it contained, worked with the character, and it, it just made his performance like easily the best part of the film. And it didn't add to, you know, it, it it just it gave you that light relief, didn't it? For the for like sort of the 20, 30 minutes he's on well, you know, he's he's sort of not on screen for that long, but for the period of time he's in the film, mm-hmm. it actually just gave it just it just got you basically helped you get through the film in one piece. Yeah, so if we've got like the scale of like giving nothing to like giving everything. So like, yeah, you'll have like left behind at kind of giving nothing and deadfall at like ramped up to eleven. I think this very much sits in like a nice like five because you get like a nice like you get some cagisms you kind of get like the the glint in his eye and the 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 line deliveries whether it's like he's he's the space he's like the spaceman in the sci-fi sense like poetic warrior from outer space or or we get yeah like that kind of line about the the piano and like just like the way he delivers stuff you get like these nice little or the way he delivers like i can fly too it's like it's 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 not it's not ramped up to silly stupid, but like it's it's enough where it's oh yeah I, I I like what he's doing. Yeah, no, it's relaxed and it's um it's always it's always nice to see Cage where he's he looks like he's having a good time. Mm. Like he looks like yeah, I think he was only on set for what was it like three days. Must he wasn't there for that long. Yeah, so like it, you know perfect in and out, got it done. And it seems like you know he wasn't putting in too much effort. He didn't need to anyway, but <laughs> he was relaxed and he was having like he was having a good time. I think that there are films. Where you see Cage, like well, we talked about the Wicker Man briefly, and I think even when he starts putting the bear suit on, yeah, he's having a better time because he just starts punching women in the face, right? Okay, great, you know, running around doing whatever. But I think he's just not—he's not having a good time. And you never—you don't—you don't want to see Cage like you don't want to see Cage miserable or not having a good time because that—that that makes you miserable. You're like Cage, you know, I'm, I'm only here for you. So you know, whatever you do with your performance, if it's like a more of a sort of a subtle or drawn back one or like a big shouty one. You want to make, you know, you don't, you don't want to have the feeling that Cage is, he just doesn't, he doesn't want to be there just as much as potentially you. Yeah. That's, that's like, that kind of makes the, the experience just a, that bit worse. Well, Wicker Man's a weird one because he's a producer on that. So you would have thought he would have made sure he was having a good time or unless like that is what he was going for. I know he kind of thought he was doing like some kind of like Jimmy Stewart-esque performance. He thought he was in like, he was, he was doing his best vertigo when it came to that film. But, um, I think we've kind of answered this in our discussion there about his voice, but do we get a Nicolas Cage freak out in this film? No, not not in the sort of, I guess, a conventional Nick Cage freak out, is there? Like he's, um, 
you know, he comes out of a couple of lines and stuff, but it's not, it's not him freaking out, is it? He's, you know, I feel like in, in, in like another film, he could have, if he wanted to, he could have carried that forward and kept, you know, really pushed it home, but he doesn't need to, which is fortunately helps us just sort of just enjoy his performance for what it is. Perfect. Well, Ben, it very much feels like we could have been on your podcast talking about this film, because I think we've rightfully given it a, a, a flogging, right? Uh, would you recommend people seek this one out and uh, and, and watch it? Uh, um, see, yeah, the, the tricky, I guess the tricky thing is with, with kind of the, uh, the, the world we're living in at the moment, whilst in the UK with lockdown and stuff, it, it's tricky to, because it's one of those films where if you can get like a group of friends around, you know, have a few beers, you know, you can't, maybe the pubs are still closed, but you can get a few friends and it's like three fifty to rent. Okay. Like, yeah, 50 P each, take the hit. <laughs> you can get drunk and you can enjoy it for what it is. But, but to be honest, like I, I I'm, you know, I'm not going to endorse illegal streaming, but if, if you, you know, if like, if, you know, a lot of people are hard up, but at these, at this point, you know, like I, I would, I would say that paying three pound 50 to potentially rent this, um, is is hard to to justify. You know, I think you are better off buying the essentials, getting some milk, buying some bread, <laughs> and, and doing that. So I think maybe hold off. Let, let's let's have it as like a, a something to enjoy post lockdown. You know, where we can see our friends again, we can get together. Maybe the puzzle's still closed and stuff, still coming back to back to normal. Yeah. And then you know, go half or or you know, chip in watch it for an hour and a half like as a pre-drinks or whatever and just enjoy it for what it is. I'm sure if, if, if you're hammered, like you could you could definitely get a bit more out of this. Yeah, d- definitely. If, if this kind of came on at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, once, do you know what I mean? Once you've had a few sh- yeah, shandies, you'd be like, oh, I'm like, it's, it is what it is. It's a bit of stupid fun. But yeah, I, so I own this on Blu-ray uh, just because I'm a, I'm a cage completist in physical media as well. And I am bitterly disappointed. So I don't tend to talk about like the kind of like uh, the the physical releases, but this is like a bare bones Blu-ray release. I was hoping for something, whether it's like a kind of like, if it's like a condensed version of, do you know what I mean? Like we were talking about the comic book earlier. It's like, if you kind of got like a little booklet that kind of like, do you know what I mean? Told like, had a bit extra to it or, or had like a interview featurettes. And what's really annoying is there is like, on youtube you can watch interviews with like the director and some of the principal cast and it's like why has that not been stuck on the dvd do you know what i mean all you've got is like play film scene selection setup and it's like oh my god i've like it cost me like i don't 11 quid i think yeah that's yeah that's just it's just incredibly <laughs> like it's just it's just a piss take isn't it it's just incredibly <laughs> lazy and just you know, like if, if the director wants you to go back and have a look at the comics and, and maybe get into it and, and set you up for, you know, potential further sequels and further films in the franchise, like surely, you know, just, just eat, put anything in, like, you know, just even, a, even a bloody, a, a, a link to, to where you can buy the comic maybe and go, oh, you know, if you own the DVD, you can get 50% off this. You're still like, oh, really? I've got to pay extra for this. Like, okay. <laughs> but, but just give, you know, give you something, but no, it's, I guess it, yeah. I guess it just goes along with the film. It's just, just lazy, isn't it? Basically, lazy and just kind of uninteresting. That, that I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, um, yeah, we come to the end of this conversation, and uh, obviously, with the uh, film floggers, where can people keep up to date with everything you guys are doing? Are you on like the socials and stuff like that? This is your chance to give it a good old plug. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Film vloggers are on uh, all, all the usual outlets. So we got yeah, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter at uh, Film Vloggers. Um, yeah, yeah. Just sort of you know, there's we got a pretty varied amount of of random films on there. We did some Halloween stuff, some spooky stuff, and some Christmas stuff. We've got uh, we've got Batman and Robin, the '97 Batman and Robin coming out uh, uh, soon. So you know that might be worth checking out. That was quite a fun one. A horrendous film, horrendous, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, hopefully there's something on there and we don't take ourselves too seriously. So, um, you know, don't expect us to be, uh, you know, analyzing and breaking down everything about films. We just kind of go on and just, uh, yeah, just rip, rip a film to shit, basically. Give or take and try and uh, add a few laughs if we can. As somebody who got on like the, the ground floor with your podcast, kind of started listening from like day one, essentially. I'm going to say this, obviously, like I wouldn't have had Ben on the podcast if I wasn't a massive fan of film vloggers. And like, for you guys listening at home, like I would 100% recommend it. Not only just because I, I, I've, I've guested on on the podcast, but like I don't know, I don't know. Very quickly, you very much feel like you are one of one of the team. Whether it is, do you know what I mean? Like you, you're kind of sitting in a, on that conversation. Whether it's you and um, you and Tom or you and Fiona chatting, you kind of you you feel like you're eavesdropping on just a couple of mates chatting about a film and it's uh yeah it's a it's a fantastic listen and uh yeah give it give it a go guys as you as you would say pick up pick up a vlog and, and join them oh, well very kind words petros you know that's uh yeah it's <laughs> it is still kind of overwhelming um to hear people say nice things about it but it's no, no yeah no it's um that's that's very very kind of you and uh uh yeah I'm, I'm glad we were able to um to get over our slight speed bump of, of when you came on film vloggers and I, I did get the name of your podcast wrong which is uh which is still haunting me to this day uh <laughs> fortunately you know we spoke about it you know we, as men we got together and we've we've decided to move forward with this relationship um so you know i thank you for that and uh we, you know look forward to having you on again and uh, I, I may let tom introduce you next time just in case well thank you very much for coming and raging with cage with me thank you Well, there we go. Thank you very much to Ben for coming and talking about all things jujitsu with me. I'm sure you'll agree it was a fantastic episode. It was a, a great chat. I could have talked to Ben for hours. If you haven't already, check out my guest appearance on Film Floggers, which you can find on all good podcast platforms, which we talked about the Nicolas Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey Christmas vehicle trapped in paradise. So we are very much hot on the hills of Nicolas Cage, and next week's episode is with Battle Royale with Cheese editor and writer Matt Conway, where we will be talking about the freshly released, the film that comes out in two days' time, Willy's Wonderland. We will be talking all things Willy's Wonderland, as well as all the regular questions that I ask my guests. I would tell you what this one is like, but I'm yet to record it. I'll be recording this tomorrow, if you need to know that. Uh, but also on Friday, you will get a bonus episode, one of the Caged In Conversation episodes, where I spoke to Willie's Wonderland writer, G.O. Parsons. 
So that will be hitting your podcatcher's first fin on Friday, the 12th of February. Uh, There is a spoiler section in that episode for Patreons. So if you've seen the film and you want a bit extra uh, under the free pound a month banner, you will get access to all of the previous bonus content. So that's all of the bonus questions for every episode, as well as this bonus content for my interview with Geo Parsons. That interview is in the can, so I can tell you a little bit about it. We go into the inception of this idea for Willy's Wonderland. Geo's come up in the industry, where this idea came from, how it kind of the ball got rolling on it, how Nick Cage got involved, and an amazing story of how Geo had a chance encounter with Nick Cage once upon a time. It's one that you won't want to miss. I'm sure regular listeners are fed up with this point, but if this is your first time listening and you enjoyed this podcast, please don't hesitate to head on over to the rating and review system for whichever podcast you're listening to. If they have a rate and review page, please give this podcast five stars and write a little review. Write a Either which is your favourite Nicolas Cage film, which is your favourite Coppola family film. Are you a big Francis Ford Coppola nut? Obviously, we have Coppola connections coming soon. Or (laughs) answer me this. What does Bill Murray say to Scarlett Johansson at the end of lost in translation as always guys i have been petrus pat syllabus i have been cave you have been amazing bye-bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged in Coppola Connections. A Drip Town Limery, Maine, franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network, it's family.